There is no reliable evidence showing how Prince obtained the counterfeit Vicodin laced with fentanyl or who else may have had a role in delivering the counterfeit Vicodin to Prince. Despite their extensive efforts, law enforcement was unable to determine the source of the counterfeit Vicodin laced with fentanyl. Therefore, without probable cause and no identified suspect, the Carver County Attorney's Office cannot file any criminal charges involving the death of Prince. Nobody knows nothing. Isn't it weird how just nobody never knows nothing? Oh, y'all. Welcome to part five. The conclusion of the analysis and interpretation of Prince's Matrix speech. I feel like this episode has been going on forever. You know why? Because it has been. But, you know, I'm not talking bad about it. This episode, oh no, you've been very good to the show. People love this episode. Uh, they really do. People come up to me. Um, it's very good. If you've made it this far, you are a true fan. And honestly, uh, I think that you're family. Uh, if you've made it to part five, the conclusion of Prince's Matrix speech. Oh, yes. Let's just say this, y'all. Thank you to those who tuned in to our very special four-part episode. Drumroll, please. Eileen Mornos, Lesbianism and Female Rage with special guest Allie. Okay, you guys, this is a must-see episode. Uh, Allie was amazing. I honestly couldn't believe it. I mean, I knew that she was going to be good, but I didn't know she was going to be that good, y'all. Here's the bad news. Okay, ready? Unfortunately, Allie is moving away. I know, it's horrible. I've had, like, time to process. I know you guys haven't. So everybody together. Ready? We're going to say bye, Allie. All right, ready? One, two, three. Bye, Allie. Okay, you did really a drop the mic episode, and uh, we all want more. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and thank you for the best summer ever. Okay, let's jump right in very, very quickly from the last episode. Uh, you know, normally I don't like to do, oh, last time on, because y'all pay attention. You know, you're not stupid people. Um, but I am going to do just a very teeny reminder just because it's been so long since the last episode, part four. This is the episode where everything gets tied together. All of these things, you know, this artist, this Bart Sebrel, uh, just every, everything gets tied together in this episode. And yes, I do feel that we cracked the code of what Prince was trying to tell us in his speech. I do feel that we understand his warning. Do we? I don't know. We'll never know. Okay, here we go. Let's just jump in, right? Okay. I mentioned in the last episode that I had two favorite artists. The first favorite artist was Bart Strebel. Why don't you swear on the Bible? Journalist, producer, the filmmaker. He's the guy who's obsessed with proving the moon landings were a hoax. Uh, he feels that they were a hoax, and he feels that he has proof. And actually, it's really interesting. Um, spoiler alert. Let me just quickly say, here's Bart Sebrel's claim to fame, besides being punched by Buzz Aldrin. In the best clip ever, so much that I made that audio my ringtone one time. Um, so when people would call me, um, it would be Bart saying, why don't you swear on the Bible you walked on the moon? Uh, oh, man. Why don't I you swear on the Bible that you that walked again. on the moon? Okay. So here's very quickly, I, I don't have this written, but you guys, I have to tell you. So the guy, the performance artist and movie maker that I love, Bart Sebrel, so he just tries to get Buzz to swear on the Bible he walked on the moon, and he'll give him $4,000 to any charity he wants. 
And Buzz is like, get away, get away. And Bart is like, well, I don't understand. If you walked on the moon, why wouldn't you swear on the Bible to give $4,000 to any charity of your choice? I don't understand why you wouldn't do that unless you didn't walk on the moon. And <laughs> I think so too. Is, <laughs> I mean, uh, the thing is, is that he didn't just confront him once. He's confronted him for years. And I don't know. Did we land on the moon? I don't know. It's just something to think about. P.S. The name of his docs are uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, which is the one. This is his claim to fame. Basically, what it was is the astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin and the other guy, whatever. I'm not even going to look it up. I don't care. They're in the window uh, filming the Earth and they're like, look how look at the Earth. Like, look how far away we are. Oh, my God. And it's over NASA and it's all technical words like saying, oh, however many fucking miles or whatever. And uh, they go, oh, yeah, that looks good. We can see it. And uh, so they shoot the video to send back to Earth or whatever. And what they do, drum roll, please, because this is, I think this is significant. The astronauts then pull a piece of cardboard out of the lunar module. I don't fucking know. Pull a piece of cardboard, and the cardboard has a circular hole cut in it. And then the Earth is actually really huge in the window. So what they did, the astronauts, and this is on, somebody from NASA gave Bart these files. Okay? And it's really them talking, and it's really in the limb or whatever. Um, so that's his claim to fame, is, uh, I mean, clearly they pull that shit off the window, and the Earth is huge. So they're, like, not far away from Earth is what I'm saying. And supposedly two, day, two days later, they landed on the moon. And so Bart, like, presents them with all this information, and the astronauts freak out. So there you go. Okay, let's move on. Let's keep focus. What did Prince want us to know? Let's keep going. Okay, last week we also mentioned Bill Gates' name. We're not going into coronavirus. We're not going into vaccines. Nothing like that. This is strictly Microsoft. Okay, uh, during the coronavirus lockdowns, Bill Gates stepped down as CEO of Microsoft um, after the coronavirus. And the reason why I'm mentioning the lockdowns is because everybody was at home. Okay, we're isolated, right? So remember... Like, uh, I don't know if you were isolated or not. Okay, so basically we're like stuck at home. I'll say that. And also during the lockdowns, like all the stuff was coming out about him because people were, you know, looking up stuff about him. Some of the stuff's real, some of the stuff's fake. Like, we don't know, right? But basically they, it got too hot in the kitchen for him and he stepped down as Microsoft CEO and he was like, I'm out of here. But here's the here's the straw that broke the camel's back. And I'm not like blaming Bill Gates for anything or whatever. I'm just saying like there was a lot of heat on him. And and no matter what you believe, you know, he is or he does or whatever, the truth is is that there was a lot of heat on him. And then this dropped. And this is I know this is the straw that broke the camel's back cuz I just saw it. I watched it all happen and so did tons of people on the internet. So here we go. This is a conspiracy theorist fantasy when this happened. Okay, so the reason why I brought up Bart Siebel is because I have two favorite artists, blah, blah, blah. I've been saying that. And I want you to know because she honestly is my favorite artist, um, this person. Uh, Bart, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, hard, um, it's a hard competition. Okay, so let's keep it moving. We're just going to keep it going. My second favorite artist of all time. I, here's the, I just want you guys to know that, like, I love her. I'm not talking bad about her. Like, I've followed her for a long time. 
Drum roll, please. Marina Abramovic, the performance artist. Marina Abramovic is a Serbian conceptual and performance artist, philanthropist, writer, filmmaker. Her work explores body art, endurance art, and feminist art, the relationship between the performer and audience, the limits of the body, and the possibilities of the mind. For decades, Abramovic refers to herself as the grandmother of performance art. That's totally true. People like thought performance art was a total joke before she hit the scene. And it might have been, I don't know. I mean, I don't see how any art could be a joke, but I, she probably gave it like street cred or something. Okay, so quickly, I just want to show you guys just very quick things on Marina uh, that you will enjoy. I feel. It's two little things. So basically, she is a performance artist, and for, I believe it was like seven years of her life, uh, her and this guy, they fell in love, and all they did was live in a van together for seven years with their dog, and they would do performance art. And it was the most extreme performance art you could really imagine. I mean, I would say. And it was beautiful because it was tied in with their love for each other. And this first thing I want to show you guys, um, and actually they uh, ended up breaking up, you know, after the seven years. And the way they broke up was one started at one side of the Great Wall of China and the other one started at the other side. And when they met in the middle, um, they parted ways. So here we go. Let's take a look. Okay, that piece we just saw was them having to stay completely in sync with each other, basically, in order to not kill Marina. Uh, they balance themselves in such a way that if they lost concentration or lost the connection with each other, it would kill Marina. Let's just see that one more time. I love this piece. And they would stay in that pose for like 10 hours. You know, something like <laughs> that you could never imagine. Okay, here's, an, here's one more thing on Marina. Okay, so this clip of Marina that we're about to watch is her talking about, I'd say this is the performance art piece that got her into mainstream. Everybody knew Marina after this. It's called Rhythm Zero. And uh, I'll just let her tell you about it. Some of the work what really got lots of attention from the public was uh, Rhythm Zero said, okay, I'm going to make the piece to see how far public can go if the artist himself doesn't do anything. And there, very simply, um, I uh, put on the table 72 objects with the instructions, I'm an object, you can do whatever you want to do with me, and uh, I will take all responsibility for six hours. On the table was a rose, perfume, piece of bread, and grapes, and wine, and, and then was objects like uh, really scissors and nails and uh, metal bar and uh, finally was also pistol with one bullet. So basically if audience wanted to put a bullet into pistol can kill me. 
And I really want to take this risk. I want to know what is the public about and how, how, what they're going to do in this kind of situation. It was a really difficult piece because I just stood there in the front of that table. And in the beginning, nothing really happened. Public would come, they would play with me, they would give me a rose, they would kiss me, look at me. And then public became more and more wild. They cut uh, my neck and drink my blood. They carry me around, put me on the table, open my legs and put a knife between. The one person took the pistol, put the bullet and see if I really with my own hand push the target. The galleries came and completely go crazy, take this gun out of his hand, throw out of the window. They took a scissor, they cut my clothes, they put rose pins into my body. After six hours, which was like a two in the morning, the galleries come and say the performance is over. I uh, start moving and start being myself because I was there like a puppet just for them. And that moment, everybody ran away. People could not actually uh, confront with, my, with me as, as a person. I remember going back to hotel, looking in the mirror, and I found a big piece of white hair. I like how during that interview she said how the people reacted after she, you know, just snapped out of character and uh, started putting her clothes on, acting like a normal person. She said that everybody ran away. I heard a deeper interview with her about that piece. And the whole reason why she did it is she wanted to see how far people would go and then how they would act after. So it's like even her packing up her gear was part of the piece. It's just so beautiful. Okay, I think I might wrap up this episode soon. Okay, very quick rabbit hole. This is interesting, and I do believe that this is what Prince was warning us about. I'm going to drop a little something, and then I'm going to close out the episode. It's all I can do. So here we go. Boom. Was this what Prince was warning us about? So I feel like the Golden Girls. Picture this. Picture this. All right, get into that uh, conspiracy state of mind, okay? Conspirator. Picture this. Lockdown of coronavirus. Nobody has their vaccines yet because that shit doesn't even exist. No, you can't do nothing. Tons of conspiracy theorists out there. Tons of names flying around. Many of these conspiracy theories cannot coexist together. Some of them can. I'm just saying, some of them are true, right? Some of them aren't. I'm just trying to get you back in that frame of mind to understand the gravity of this dropping. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this is what Prince was saying, but I do, and many other people do too. So here we go. Picture this, coronavirus lockdowns, everybody's talking about Bill Gates this, Bill Gates that, Microsoft drops this. People are saying, you know, it's the mark of the beast, and we're going into this, and the computers, and transhumanism, and, you know, all this shit is flying around during the lockdowns. It was crazy, and y'all may not remember, but I was plugged into the conspiracy, like, vein, the mainstream vein, the internet vein. Like, I like to tap all sources so I can get, like, a clearer picture rather than just, like, one source. You know what I mean? And they're all probably wrong. But I'm just saying, I'm about to show y'all a commercial. And when this dropped, this, like, everybody was like, 
this is happening. This is what Prince is saying. This is the matrix. This is the warning in the matrix. Transhumanism, the melding of computers with humans, the Apple Watch. That's the beginning, right? Or not the beginning, God. The beginning was a long time ago. But it's just another step. Pretty soon people will probably get the Apple Watch imprinted in their arm or implanted in their arm. Then it goes in their brain like we saw in an earlier episode, Elon Musk. And is that a bad thing? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you guys need choices. <laughs> you know? Is this shit happening? Yeah. So here we go. Picture this. Coronavirus. Bill Gates. All that shit was going down. Marina Abramovich getting pulled into these satanic conspiracy theories. Here we go. I believe that art of the future is art without objects. This is just pure transmission of energy between the viewer and artist. To me, mixed reality is this answer. Here, you actually can have the artist's presence in your collection. The first thing that we had to figure out was you had to feel that you were in the room with Marina, not a document of Marina. So HoloLens 2 was created by people who quite clearly have an interest in the audience forgetting that they are using technology. I really want viewer to be with me in the space in here and now. Really like you're facing your own ghost. There is always this great idea of immortality. Once you die, the work will never die because the work of art can continue. In performance, the piece is only in the memory of the audience and nowhere else. Here, I am kept forever. Okay, and living forever is the uh, goal of the transhumanist movement. All right, I really must go. Uh, what do I have to say? Oh, actually, I do have to say something. Every time you see a TikTok video, it releases serotonin in your brain. And then you become addicted to it. So basically, being on TikTok is like being on a morphine drip. Why be on Instagram when you can go on a picnic? Stay tuned for part six, hopefully the end. And again, please watch last episode starring Allie. Allie's going to finish grad school and to really fuck up the world in a good way. And I totally support everything that she's doing. And um, she's amazing. So please catch up with Allie and myself on Eileen Warnos, Lesbianism and Female Rage. Till next time. Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? You're the one who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. Calling the kettle black as everybody was saying I misrepresented myself. Get away from me. You're a coward and a liar and a thief.